How's life? So hard. So hard. I don't know. I I did finally write and defend my dissertation prospectus. Yeah. Which, you know, feels like a big deal. It is a big deal. Um, I had my back up against a deadline wall um, where, like, I would be unable to apply for fifth-year funding if I didn't have it submitted. Turns out that was just the kick in the pants you needed. Turns out that <laughs> was the thing that I needed. And so I did it in about 48 hours. You're very deadline-oriented. I, I really think. am. Yeah. Um, I really do need deadlines, and as soon as I have that, I can get anything done. Yeah. I can do anything with the deadline. Um, that's... <laughs> That's not a good quality to have. <laughs> well, I mean, you can make up your own deadlines. No. adulthood, you can. You, no. That doesn't work for you. It doesn't work An for me. An authority has to tell you. An authority you. has to say like your life will be null and void your if life you do will not self-destruct. Do, do this thing by this date. Um, and so that happened, and I finally did it. I am going to one conference this calendar year. Oh, good for you. I know, right? That's so much better. So instead of going to like four, like I did last year, just the one. Oh, I feel I can breathe easier on your behalf mm-hmm. already. Right? And so, this, how is my life? I don't know, but... This is what my friend was telling me the other day, because I'm obviously having issues in my life with um, margin, and saying yes and saying no, and my friend was finally like, look, you need to say yes to one extracurricular activity. Mm. She said, and figure out, is it per week, per month? Well, per week is insane, yeah, because there's don't so much do that. here. But I thought, oh... And then I realized all the things that qualify as extracurricular, like outside the bookshelf, mm-hmm. like outside the things that I really have to say yes right. to because it's business. And I just think about you and just one academic conference already feels so much, so much better, better right? than four. Yeah. What were you thinking? I mean, I was thinking I needed to have my CV <laughs> and I needed to network. But now you don't. Now I don't. Yeah. I have enough conferences under my belt. Now I just need to write things. Yeah. All right. Ooh. Go forth. I will. episode 158 of From the Front Porch, a collection of conversations on books, small business, and life in the South. My name is Chris Jensen, and I'm almost a doctor. And I'm Annie Jones, owner of The Bookshelf, an independent bookstore in beautiful downtown Thomasville, Georgia. It is almost Valentine's Day. Ooh, let's talk about our personal histories with Valentine's Day. Okay, um, I went on a date on Valentine's Day once, and that is the only romantic interaction I've ever had on Valentine's Day until tomorrow. (laughs) Um, I hate, hated Valentine's Day until Leslie Nope told me about Galentine's Day. Sure. Um, and the... Which has become a bookshelf tradition. Absolutely, because it was my personal tradition, and as we have just talked about, my personal has really come in me- become enmeshed with the professional at this mm-hmm. point. Um, but one of the reasons I knew Jordan and I were going to, like, make it is that he got me flowers like the first valentine's day that we were like interested in each other i don't know if you would qualify what we were doing as dating Mm -hmm. or not but he got me flowers like a day after or two days after and i know some people are like oh that's because they were on sale no it's because i really believe that valentine's day is like more of a season and a spirit Mm -hmm. and i wanted to celebrate i just don't i think the day feels like too much pressure i get it yeah it's just too much and so he gave me flowers like the day after 
we went on several terrible, I should just say, terrible Valentine's Day dates together. He and I together. We've been together a long time now. That's true, yeah. One was an awful date, like double date mm. in college. That's, a, was, that's okay. already weird. It's already weird until the, another guy shows up because this is like Christian college. And he was like, hey, guys, I'm not doing anything for Valentine's Day. Can I come hang out with you? And so now you have a fifth wheel yeah. on your Valentine's Day double date. Yeah. That's the worst. And the other couple was very, like, affectionate, if you follow what I'm saying. Like, very touchy-feely, very... Oh. Just at dinner and stuff, and Jordan and I were the opposite of that when we dated. And so it was just extremely uncomfortable. One year when we were married, we showed up to a restaurant, and Jordan had not made reservations. Of course, and they kicked on us Valentine's out of, Day. Yeah, yeah, and they kicked us out of the restaurant. The and one I was, day a year that you need a reservation. And I was mortified for him Yeah. for that. like mm-hmm. Because I was like, oh, you didn't know that. But I felt terrible for him. Like, right. he was in the middle of law school. Like, what did he know? Um, so, yeah, so we don't, we don't really celebrate on the day ever anymore. Like, we might do something, today's Tuesday, we might do something now. Also, um, now that we're at least kind of sort of Anglican, people, it's Lent, it's Ash Wednesday. And so the priest was very much like, "Mm, don't celebrate St. Valentine's Day on Ash Wednesday. Ash Wednesday is about repentance. (laughs) And Jordan and I were like, great, easy. Okay. (laughs) No problems here. So, it's my complicated history with Valentine's yeah. Day. I mean, and mine's uncomplicated. Yours is just nothing. It's nothing. Yeah. I can't, I won't talk about that date because I know you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, um, I mean, it was fine. And yeah. since then, like, my mom has sent me some stuff. And, you know, now I'm, you know, seriously together with somebody. So, I'll see. It's my first, yeah, like, real Valentine's different. Day. So, I don't know. Report I'll, back, I'll report you? back. Um, but... This season, because I do think Valentine's Day, you might as well take up all of February, make February something fun. So it's a season, I think, and we thought, let's talk about romance, mm-hmm. but, but not, but not that kind of romance. Yeah, I don't know because, well, like, I don't know. Just the word romance has such a weird connotation to me because I study medieval literature where the word romance means something very different. Yeah. It means adventure. That is not what it means to um, That is not what it means to rest of the world. Um, You're operating in a very small bubble. I'm sitting, I'm sitting in on this uh, medieval lit class this semester, um, and it's a bunch of, like, non-specialists who are just there for the, for the like, pre-1660 credit. And we were talking about, like, I don't know, like, love sickness in this poem we were reading, and the, I think there was some confusion about, like, what romance meant. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were like, but this isn't, like you know, super, like, lovey, and I was like, ooh. That's because. It's not supposed to be. (laughs) Um, Romance in this vein just means that it came from a romance language, in this case, French, um, does not mean anything to do with love. Yeah. Uh, But anyway. So we thought we'd talk about young adult romance because, and look, nothing against romance literature per se. No. Fifty Shades Freed was the first, or the, like, number one movie last weekend. Well, I do have issues with that. (laughs) However... (laughs) How, however, um, I don't want to like turn my nose up at romance novels. I know like there's one really fantastic romance bookstore. I forget what it's called in New York. Oh, oh yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, I think it's called Ripped Bodice. That's, that's what it's called. That's right. Yeah, and so you know what? To each his that's or great. her own. That's just not the genre of literature I read. Right. Um, nor is it one that I'm particularly attracted to. No, and we're not talking about books with Fabio on the cover. Right, which I do. I mean. 
Those are fun to Those look at. Those are at Publix. Mm-hmm. Are they still at Publix? Probably. They were while I was growing up. I always forget that there's a whole magazine aisle at Publix. Yeah. Like a um, lot, a lot. And that also has a bunch of those mass market paperbacks. Yeah, large volumes. Super weird. Um, so we thought we'd talk about YA romance because that is what I am more attracted to as a reader. Yeah, and I don't want that to have like a stigma that's like Hunger Games or something. Which or doesn't Twilight, make any sense. which right. I never read Twilight. And again, no judgment. I'm just telling the world what I have read and enjoyed. Right. Twilight wasn't it. I didn't, yeah. I, I think that hit like, when I was, it didn't hit me the right age. Oh, no. It came out when I was in high school. So yeah. you were in college when it yeah. came out. And nor would it have appealed to me on no. any level. So sorry. Yeah. So sorry no, for those fine. of you who are Twilight apologists. Instead, I'm thinking of, like, the YA rom-com. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like that is the type of young adult literature that I really enjoy. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought we could talk about why young adult romance works for me mm-hmm. in a way that adult romance doesn't. Mm-hmm. I feel like there aren't a ton of adult rom-com books. So to me, it feels like Nora Ephron somehow influenced YA literature more than adult literature. Yeah. Does that, that make sense? Yeah, because the, hmm, the more typically adult literature maybe makes it a lot more complicated. Complicated and maybe even... More sexual. Oh, definitely. I mean, there is, I will, I'm not going to lie to you, there's a lot of sexual interaction in young adult novels. Oh, yeah. I am like, are teenagers really behaving this way? No, no, it does not reflect my experience. (laughs) No. Um, So, like, I don't know, I'm always, like, thrown off by that kind of stuff. Yeah. Because I don't know, but I know that exists. Oh, I, when we, um, so I was late to the John Green train because, Mm -hmm. again, I think, I don't know, miss me or something, but I read Looking for Alaska Mm -hmm. as an adult, and it's still... Aside from his latest, it's still my favorite John Green novel. I feel like it's the most complicated, mm-hmm. most nuanced. But there's a couple scenes in there that I my friend was also reading it. And we were texting each other. We were both in our mid-20s. And mm-hmm. we were like, is, is this what I think it is? Is this insinuating what I think it is? Mm. And uh, are teenagers reading this? Like, <laughs> as a teenager, I wouldn't have even known what it was referencing. Like, I would have had to Google that term. And I couldn't even Google that back when I was in high school. Oh. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> I know, I'm so old. Oh, um, you would have been on, like, Lycos yeah. and Dogpile. Yeah, and heaven forbid, <laughs> what if I had Googled it? I mean, I, I looked stuff up in a real live dictionary when I didn't know what it was. Anyway, that's, that's a story good. for another time. So, there's some YA romance that I really love, and love better than other young adult literature. Let's talk about When Dimple Met Rishi. Yeah. That book is, is so that good. Because I've not read that book, but I listened to the Love It or Loathe It, obviously. Oh, yeah. Um, and, like, it sounds so delightful. It was delightful. And I really appreciated that it was... We're always talking to readers about reading more diversely. But I loved that this book was written from a particular perspective. The two main characters, yes, they were Indian, but that's not, like... It's just who they were. It didn't mm-hmm. feel like stereotyping. Right. I I thought. Um, instead, you had like kind of this nerdy. Actually, both of them were rather nerdy, smart kids, and you had the added component and drama of arranged marriage or mm-hmm. arranged relationship. And I just really, I don't, when YA lit 
is good. It's really good yeah. because it takes you, there's a nostalgia factor, I think, Absolutely. right? I think that's a big part of it that it makes us remember what it's like yeah. to be a teenager and to feel all these things yeah. for the first time. And it's so much always and all consuming. Yeah. And maybe that's where the adult romances lose me. Yeah. Because they're not idealistic in the way that these teen romances often yeah. are. Yeah, because you finish, I mean, I finish all of these YA romances and many of them end happily, mm -hmm. or at least hopefully. And don't have this, like, terrible complication right. of when real life. When the reality is, are these relationships going to, like, no. are these fictional relationships going to last? These are teenagers no. who are not going to be together in five years, but... But I really like that we're given... Oh, we're it's just a, it's, a, this... it's a moment of escapism. Yeah. yeah, and and I as a result, like I am completely enmeshed in that world. Um, you talked about all consuming. Yeah. the feeling that you yeah. have as a teenager. That's the feeling I have when reading these books. Yeah. Like I finish them in one to two sittings. Yeah. Like I don't. They don't sit around on my nightstand forever. Unlike, interestingly, this novel that was only 150 or so pages. I finished it, but it took me three days mm -hmm. to finish it because it was quiet. There was a kind of subtle romantic. Mm, atmosphere about the book but I didn't and I really liked it we'll talk about it in reading recap but it wasn't like page turner right. what happens to this couple all of their obstacles another book that comes to mind is Eleanor and Park mm -hmm. did you read that I one? I did not read that one you would like that it was my first experience with Rainbow I'm assuming her last name is Rowell yep. maybe Rowell yep. um Rainbow Roll um and I she actually did an adult Rom yeah. romance pretty well attachments yep. that I really liked partly because I just love people who fall in love over email I guess it's that yep. you've got mail mm -hmm. thing and AIM was a big deal when I was in high school yep, <laughs> so, me too. and so anyway I like um there's a, a YA novel called I think tell me three things mm -hmm. and it kind of has that play on email and you don't know who this person is on the other side of the screen that I really liked without okay. it, it's not being creepy. Could be creepy. Oh, it, that it could, could be go, so scary. It could go wrong. But instead the author just treats it as this innocent, this girl has moved to a new school. Um, somebody starts emailing her to kind of tell her how to navigate mm -hmm. the world and the environment at this school. And it becomes this really lovely email friendship relationship. Of course, then they ultimately right. meet in real life and fall in love. It, it's very You've Got Mail based. But I love it because it took me right back to high school and to my friends and I instant messaging late at night or, what you know, yeah. I don't know. It yeah. just, it, it does, I don't know, maybe you're right. The YA, the appeal of it is the nostalgia. And I think the ease you mentioned lack of complications. Yeah. There's still some complications, right? Like in right. a lot of these books, you've got cancer for right. whatever reason. Right, for stars <laughs> yeah. um, and the Anne Frank house. Right. You've also got um, complicated relationships with parents, yeah. trying to figure out where you're going to go to school next. Yeah. I mean, I remember that being a fairly angsty, complicated time, particularly Definitely. right before college. Definitely. But now that we're grown-ups... We also realize life gets immensely harder. Yeah. Even after. And I guess what I mean by complication is like there are not like these teenagers don't typically have tons of like emotional baggage. And so they don't bring different kinds of personal complications into their own relationship. It's just their own life that complicates their romance rather than Oh, that's an interesting. I don't know, maybe like their previous romance. Yeah. Um, complicating their romance. Yeah. And I do think you've I I think people really discredit why lit for whatever Definitely. reason. I mean, I remember years ago that there was a Slate article about why grown-ups shouldn't read right. why lit yep. or whatever. And I think that's so silly because... Yeah. Um, 
Because it's not a genre. And it well, yeah, it's made up. Yeah. Um, somebody used the phrase "new adult" the other day, and I was like, "We've got to stop." Like, <laughs> just new adult. It's, it's just fiction. <laughs> it's all just fiction. It's just fiction. Um, but you do have these depth, this depth that I think people assume doesn't exist in YA right. literature, and that is not true. Which is silly because in high school and in middle school and in elementary school. Um, kids are humans. Like, mm-hmm. everybody's got depth and issues that they're yep. struggling with. So you're right. There might be an a lack of adult complication. Like, there might be a lack of baggage. But there's still depth and right. heft to these books so that they're light and fun and hopeful. Mm-hmm. But they're also dealing with, like, serious, yeah. hefty issues that, again, take me back. I mean, I remember the immense pressure you put on yourself to, like, pick the right college or... Um, to find the right degree path. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't know. I remember, especially for whatever reason, like my junior year being very scared and nervous about those things. Putting your college applications together? Yeah. Like, I only vaguely remember it. I feel like I've dropped, like, just dropped that from my memory. But (laughs) so stressful. It is stressful, and I remember that. Yeah. At least. But anyway, so when Dimple Met Rishi comes to mind, Eleanor and Park comes to mind, and then, um... Gosh, Chris, you'll have to put in the show notes this author's name, but she wrote two really fantastic YA books, Tell Me Three Things, which mm-hmm. is the one kind of based on You've Got Mail. I don't even know that it was based on You've Got Mail, but it has, that, it has that mm-hmm. vibe. But then What to Say Next. Readers really told me after I liked Tell Me Re- Three Things that I should try her new novel called What to Say Next, and I wound up adoring that book. I think another... That one's kind of grief-oriented. Is that... Yes. Am I remembering that right? Yeah. Yeah. One thing I really love too is at least in YA romance because sexuality is approached in a different way mm-hmm. many of these relationships start in friendship right and that is my favorite yep. way to watch romance unfold completely agree um and we adult culture now is very different right adult dating culture is very different and so when you read adult romance it's way more be- based in sexuality Often, yeah. And, or at least the books I've read. And so I love that in these YA books, it's this guy and this girl, typically a guy and a girl, like falling in love or meeting each other, but being friends first. And like getting to know each other, understanding yes. each other, and then like that leads somewhere. Yes. Instead of the other way around. Instead of the other way around, right. which I think culture kind of is the other way around mm-hmm. right now. And we, you know, we've talked about that a little bit before, you and I, but um, so then literature naturally is going to follow suit. Right, of course. And I think that's why people still really love classic romance, like mm-hmm. Pride and Prejudice mm-hmm. or something like that, because you get to watch this complicated relationship before sex complicates it further. Right. Um, so anyway, that's one thing I really love about YA is that you've got these kids essentially figuring out who they are and befriending each other and helping each other and, yeah, getting to know each other before they have to worry, even though sometimes in YA Lit we do get... We do get there. Some, yeah. Yeah, so we do get there and sometimes more quickly than I would think. Yeah. Um, but I love that the base of the relationship is friendship. Yeah. And that is really appealing to me. Mm-hmm. Um, Definitely. Me too. A, another book that comes to mind is This Adventure Ends and Short History of the Girl Next Door. Short History of the Girl Next Door is so good, but it starts out, you assume it's going to be this guy meets girl kind of thing, mm-hmm. I mean, based on the title alone. But the book really starts out that way. And about halfway through, there is a very unexpected, like, plot twist that I did not see coming. And I feel like normally I'm pretty good at stuff uh-huh. like that. And I was floored. I was reading it I rem- on, like, Christmas break or something. 
And I thought, no one warned me that that's what this book was about. Like, I hadn't read the cover jacket Mm -hmm. or anything. I had no idea what I was getting into. So that's an example of a book that starts out as a YA romance and quickly becomes more about grief and coping. And, yeah. um, but it's excellent. Oh, it's really good. Um, I feel like there's also been some books really well-written YA romance written by men, too. Yeah. I, you know, I feel like... I mean, John Green does it well. John right? Green does it well, yeah, absolutely. There's another one, gosh, I can't remember. Maybe it's called The End of Everything. There was a roller coaster on the cover. And a yeah. guy <laughs> wrote that book, and I really enjoyed that one. Um... I don't know. I feel like the authors that do this genre well really do the characters a service. Yeah. My favorite YA books are rich characters, right, less of course. setting. Mm-hmm. The but you know the adult novels I really love have these really rich senses of place. I don't find that to be true about YA novels in general. I think they're more character rich yeah. than place rich. Yeah, um, because it's all about that interior right it's about the protagonist like working through this thing um because when you're a teenager everything is an insurmountable struggle yeah um you don't know if you're going to get through it where this those kinds of struggles in adult fiction are silly absolutely um and so we have to kind of sacrifice those in a weird way there okay so there are a couple that i want to read but i haven't love and gelato looks so good you've seen the cover right and People have talked about that one. Yeah. People like that one. So uh, that one's on my list, but I feel like I should read it in the summer. It looks like a summer book. Because it's got ice cream on the yeah. cover. Yeah, I feel like I shouldn't read that right now. Um, um, then this other one that I really want to read that I feel like is super timely for right now is called Meat Cute. Okay, I haven't heard of that one. Okay, so occasionally a publisher will put out like this collection uh-huh. of... Not, I guess it is, short stories put out by different young adult authors. Yeah. And they, uh, some publisher did a really great one based on, like, winter stories and Christmas kind uh-huh. of stories. And my book club read it several years ago. And it was totally enjoyable. Didn't think I was going to like it, but really wound up liking it. This is the same thing. So it's different YA novelists, but they've each written, like, a short story about a meet cute. Okay. And I think that sounds really adorable. Definitely. And fun. So there's this side of me... That, for whatever reason, I don't know if it's because I was a child of the 90s, but, like, rom-coms mean a lot to me. Like, I yeah. love them. And I love Nora Ephron. I think that's why I really enjoyed the first couple seasons of The Mindy Project mm-hmm. was because it was so based in Mindy Kaling's right. love for the rom-com. Um, I haven't listened to it yet, but apparently this week's episode of This American Life is mm-hmm. about rom-coms. Um, I heard Ira Glass this past weekend. Right. yep. And he talked about that episode and how struck he was by people in his office who really just loved rom-coms and how much they resonated with yeah. some of his writers. And um, I, I, I think the 90s rom-com is so different from the early 2000s rom-com. Yes. The early 2000s rom-com just got so raunchy. Yeah. To, to the point that, like, that was the point of it. Yeah. Because um, I'm thinking of, like, what was that one with Dane Cook? I didn't even see it. Like, because it was just gross. Yeah. Right? yeah. They took a turn. Do you know that he's 45 and dating a 19-year-old? No. That's something I learned last night. No. I will say, <laughs> Dane Cook is the one on Dan in Real Life. Is he? I don't I think remember. So. I think so. And that is not a rom-com per se, but that is at least, like, a family movie that I really enjoy. Okay, so, like, let's talk about that a little bit, because I, I think that falls into the category of, like, the indie romance from mm. the early 2000s, which were, like, the... Like, the opposite of what we're talking about here. Like, the... It's, um... It's sincere. It's nice. It's a little bit weird. So you've got, like, Garden State, Dan in Real Life. Um, movies in that vein. Does 500 Days of Summer fit there? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, that's doing something a little structurally offbeat, right? Yeah. Um, those kinds of movies that are not... 
gross. No. And do kind of fit into the... And they're, they're a little bit more complicated the, yes. than the original rom-com. And so, like, Garden State is very interior. It's about this protagonist who is going through a lot in his life with the dead parent and with an estranged other parent and with, like, dependence on substances, but, like, prescribed substances, and then he has to meet somebody who snaps him out of it. Mm-hmm. And it does feel much more in the vein of the story we're talking about. Yeah. Um, I, I wonder what that divergence was. I don't know, like, I'm thinking about, and I get all these movies, I guess, keep rushing back to me, like, Silver Linings Playbook uh-huh. even seems like it kind of fit in yeah, that category. Yeah, that one made me very frustrated, but, like, it definitely fits it in that category. Yeah, so, but you have, yeah, the uncomplicated kind of romantic comedy that has, sure, some things, you know, yeah. Joe Fox has a big right. old bookstore, or, you know, somebody's a widow, or whatever, mm-hmm. but then you also, I don't know. I don't know, it's like... It's the life that's complicated and the romance is not. And maybe. I much, yeah, and I much prefer indie romance to, you talk about like kind of gross out romances, yeah. but even like some stereotypical like um, romantic comedies, I just stopped liking in the 2000s, like 27 Dresses. Right. I don't know if you've ever seen that. I have. I abhor that movie. Can't even really tell you Kate why. Leopold. God, I forgot about Kate Leopold. <laughs> I think I owned that movie for a time. Um... So I get, I don't know, I think about all of those and I wonder if they have influenced me mm-hmm. to like YA romance. Um, Probably. Because young adult literature isn't something I'm always drawn to, but then when I read a couple of these kind of romantic comedies or just romantic YA books, I completely fall back in love with the genre. They yep. they hook me, um, just like I think those romantic movies do. I get that, um, and I think it's... Not a bad thing. No. I don't think we should shy away from these books. No, and so now is the time to pick some of these up. Like, I feel like Valentine's, like I said, is a season. Spring is coming. Spring is coming. (laughs) Spring is the time when we all fall in love. That's right. And go on pilgrimage. (laughs) That's right. So I feel like why romance, like, now's its time to shine. I think it might be. Yeah. All right. Happy Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day. of sin. Oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. From the Front Porch is a production of The Bookshelf, an independent bookstore in Thomasville, Georgia. It's produced by me, Annie Jones, and Chris Jensen, and edited by Chris Jensen. If you're interested in purchasing any of the books we've talked about on this episode, you can do so at www.bookshelfthomasville.com forward slash shop. Thank you so much to Forlorn Strangers for the use of our theme music. It's called Bottom of the Barrel, and it's from their album, Forlorn Strangers. Learn more at forlornstrangers.com. And if you'd like to support us on Patreon and gain access to exclusive bonus content, like Unpopular Opinions, which we will have on the first Thursday of the month, you can check us out on patreon.com slash fromthefrontporch. You can also check out our website at fromthefrontporchpodcast.com for web-only content and a full back catalog of our show with detailed show notes and links to further reading. This week in the bookshelf, a funny thing happened. I've been reading Valentine's Day books to storytime kids, Mm -hmm. and I always kind of try to interact with them a little bit, so I said, you know, what? 
things remind us of Valentine's Day. So, you know, hearts, candy, like that kind of stuff. I said, what colors remind us of Valentine's Day? And without hesitation, every child, like, pro which I'm going to guess was around between 10 to 15 children. What, what color reminds us of Valentine's Day? Yellow! Oh. What? Sure. I had... I, I think I was just flabbergasted. That doesn't make any sense to me. No. Because it's pink. Or red. Either one. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next week.